Welcome to the Rhythms Podcast. I'm Brian Wise. Thanks for joining me. Rhiannon Giddens and Francesco Teresi have just completed their first visit to Australia together, showcasing their album, There Is No Other. They appeared at Wome Adelaide and the Port Ferry Folk Festival, and I saw them at the Melbourne Recital Centre on Saturday, March the 14th, in their brilliant final show before they headed home to Ireland, where they both now live. Their tour was cut short by the cancellation of the Blue Mountains Folk Festival as the coronavirus wreaked havoc on the music industry. I'm hoping that we'll see Rhiannon and Francesco back in Australia in the not too distant future. The day before the Melbourne show, they went into Triple R FM, where we met for a conversation and some music. First, they started with a song, Pizzica di San Vito, which appears on their album. Rhiannon Giddens, Francesco Teresi in the studios here on this amazing day and they've got one more gig in Australia and thanks very much for dropping in. You you must be a little bit exhausted about everything that's uh, going on. You've just been at Port Ferry and Wem yeah. Adelaide. Yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy because it's just the uncertainty is very tiring. You know, we're far away from home with kids in Ireland and you know, we're seeing all this stuff happen and, you know, things are getting cancelled. We've already had a festival here cancel and um, another gig we're going to cancel. Um, but it's just kind of like, you know, we're still privileged and lucky to to be in the situation that we are. There's a lot of people who are going to be hurting really, really badly and already are, you know, ar- around this. So, Well, we thought we'd seen, you know, sort of uh, tragedy and uh, incredible events earlier in the year here with the 
bushfires. Yeah. I think I spoke to you about that on the phone the other month. And now we have this, which is affecting just about everybody. It's uh, it's like being in a science fiction movie, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what it is. I mean, the thing is, is the virus itself, you know, it will kill people, but it's the majority of people are going to be okay. The, but the financial fallout and, you know, the other people who are going to be affected by overloaded health systems, that's kind of, you know, what we're, let's think of the scary stuff. So. And Francesca, yeah. it must come home to you because you are Italian. I'm Italian. That's uh, unfortunately one of the places that got hit really badly. Well, at least earlier than other places, you know. So some people, I mean, I don't live in Italy, actually. And for for my own luck, I haven't been in Italy f since January because that would have actually been a real problem even to get over here, you know. Like already uh, when I came here, they, they just saw my passport. I put it in the machine and it went red alert, you know. I had to go through a special thing. They only quest questioned me if I had been in Italy in the last 15 days. But the uh, situation is pretty bad there. Everything is completely shut down. Nobody's getting out of the house, you know, and uh, so, yeah, it's a bit complicated. Well, let's talk about happier things. We're <laughs> yeah. looking forward to seeing you at the Recital Centre, a uh, beautiful venue, suited, you know, it'll be beautiful for your music. How did you enjoy the performances at Port Ferry and Wayne Adelaide, which are two completely different settings and two, I imagine, different sorts of audiences? Very different. Yeah, very different festivals, which was cool. Um, it was very cool to kind of have them close to each other and, and just to see, you know. The thing that strikes me, though, is, is um, you know, we talk about folk music. You know, say Port Ferry is a folk music festival, folk festival. Beaumad is a world music festival. But, I mean, isn't world music just folk music, you know, all around the world? So it's, it's, a, it's a very interesting um it's just a very interesting distinction. I kind of like I see that, and and all, also how it's put on, and how the stages are. It's just very interesting. I mean, we enjoyed both of them completely, but um, how how things are are uh, put out there, how they are branded, what what is acceptable as a different kind of music. I mean, our music is very kind of genre. We just, you know, I've I've never been a fan of genres anyway, so I'm always kind of looking at how how that affects. Uh, you know, the the musicians that come and people who come and, and what it all means. It's very interesting. Well, we could throw in Americana there as another oh, genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Well. Uh, and invented one very recently, but yes. You mentioned, uh, Rhiannon, that you had a uh, play. A mu is it a musical that was premiering, I think, in Charleston in May? Uh, an opera. An opera, sorry. Yeah. 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 Uh, is that likely to go ahead? You don't know. Don't know. You know, I'm still finishing it, actually. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's supposed to go into production. I mean, I'm supposed to be going there for in, at the end of April, you know, for, for the beginning of the, the whole production month leading up to the opera because it's, you know, singers, full production, full orchestra, you know. So it's a, quite a huge uh, thing. So I, that it's, I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous about it. I am, you know, I'm not singing in it, but it's, it's you know, we've been working on this for the last two years. So it's, uh, it'll be, it'll be. You know, a bit, a bit of a bummer if it gets cancelled, that's for sure. <laughs> and then you're doing something at the in New York called When I Am Laid in Earth. Yeah. What's what's that? That's going to be in 
in May, in, uh, is that June or July or something? No, no, it's, no, it's, uh, in, October it's in October, thankfully. Yeah. Oh, okay. So hopefully it's still happening. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got, I'm, I'm one of the, um, uh, I can't remember the name of the Perspectives. Perspectives artists at Carnegie Hall. They have like three or four every year. So I have uh, about four shows there. So uh, Francesco is involved in all of them. And that one that you just mentioned is a, an idea of, again, de- de-genrefying music by taking, you know, taking songs that uh, from different disciplines that don't need microphones, you know, so it, it could be classical music, it could be uh, recital music, it could be stuff from like vaudeville days, and it's all kind of come together just through what we do naturally and been kind of obsessing over this idea of um, singing like arias down the octave with, you know, the accompaniment, the beautiful, like kind of, you know, partly improvised, you know, but really knowledgeable about, you know, early music that Francesco has in, in the piano. It's all piano and voice. Yeah. It's like a piano and voice recital in the recital hall where they normally do leader. You yeah, know? no microphones. So, but it's the, the repertoire is completely mixed. Yeah. And I'm not, for the most part, not singing in a classical voice. So it's really using different aspects of, of, of singing without a microphone, without you know, saying it has to be classical, you know, so it's just messing around with that, with that. Francesco, you bring a kind of jazz perspective to the music and, and other influences. When you got together with Rhiannon to make this music, which incorporates different genres, what was the concept behind it? Because there's not just, there's some Italian music there and there's American folk music and there's a little bit of gospel music there's a whole lot of different things operating there yeah when i first approached rhiannon to try to get together and play some music my original idea was imagining some of the sounds that i've been researching which were more connected to the mediterranean you know and especially some of the percussion instruments that i've studied frame drums arabic drums italian traditional drums and mixing them together with her sound you know especially the banjo at the beginning that was kind of the the first sort of stimulus uh but then when we started working together, we realized that there were so many other things because we have, I think, a very similar approach to music in the sense that we are branching in so many different directions and just trying to take everything that we can and putting it together in the mix. And we realized we were both doing that, you know? So as you mentioned, I'm trained as a jazz pianist, but I've studied also Baroque music. I've done a lot of research on, say, Italian traditional music, uh, Arabic classical music, Turkish classical and folk music, you know, so all of this stuff exists in my own universe, you know, and I just basically brought everything that I have, and I think Rhiannon did exactly the same, also wide ranging from opera all the way to 19th century banjo, you know, and we just discovered that we had so many things that we can do, I mean, we still are discovering, I think, like this idea of the recital that you just mentioned, you know, is just another one of our things, you know, so I think our idea was more like just, uh, we. We didn't really have a plan, you know, we just discovered all these sounds like the way the record was made in the studio was really like that. We didn't even know what we were going to record really until we got there, what instruments were going to be played, you know, so we weren't really thinking about styles or, you know, concepts in it necessarily. We discovered a lot of these sounds while making music, really. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, yeah, it's the approach that is kind of very similar and that uh, makes us work well in that way. It's amazing the connections your music makes, and I know Rhiannon, you've done a study of and uh, the uh, history of the banjo. It's kind of like an al the alternative history of the banjo, or just the actual history, or mm -hmm. yeah, the actual history of of the banjo, which a lot of people 
would probably not know about, yeah. would they? And you, you've been sort of in the forefront of doing that and you're featuring Ken Burns' documentary about country music mm-hmm. on that. And it brings a whole new perspective to the to the instrument, which, which is amazing. Yeah, I mean, I'm building on a lot of work that people have been working on for, you know, for a long time. The, the most important book called uh, Sinful Tunes and Spirituals by Dina Epstein. And this was published years and years and years ago and she was one of the first people to be like, hey, you know, because at this point in the 60s or, or, or whenever, um, it was an accepted thing that the banjo was a white instrument it had been invented in Appalachia and that's everybody knew that, you know, the way that they know that the sky is blue or whatever. But um, she started finding all these references to African Americans playing the banjo and uh, creating the banjo and, and, and everybody's built on her work and you know, it's just it's what I'm finding as as I've gone through and, and learned a lot about you know African American creation of the banjo. First couple hundred years of it, even in existence, was played by only black people. You know, kind of finding these these big chunks of history that have that we don't know. Then I now I'm turning my my attention to why don't we do, why don't we know them, and 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 in that I'm finding it's like two sides of a coin. So on the one hand we have this big hidden history, and then on the other hand we have why is it hidden? And I find that it's actually, it was hidden. It, it didn't just kind of happen, right? It was, it was erased. It was forgotten. It was, um, it was the people were doing this on purpose. And, you know, and it's all tied to white supremacy. It's all tied to the music industry, uh, the, you know, the advent of the recording industry. And, and, you know, finding out who was suppressing this and who was rewriting this history and why is, is actually led me to a lot of, you know, realities about what's going on right now in the United States. So that's why, I, you know, when I talk about the history of the banjo, I'm like, this isn't then, right? This is now. And in the banjo is the history of the United States. It's like a microcosm of, of everything that's gone on kind of culturally in the States. It's, it represents it beautifully for better or for worse, you know? So that's why I think it's important to talk about. I'm talking to Rhiannon Giddens and Francesco Terizzi. Hey, I've got a good idea. Let's talk about politics. No, we're not. We're not uh, going to. We're not. We're not going to talk about politics. We, we could go on all day about it. What, what, I'd like to talk to you. Let's start off with Francesco about what you were listening to when you were young, growing up, learning an instrument, learning to play. I know that you come from a jazz background. What sort of things were you listening to, Francesco? Well, my family is not really musical. I'm the only musician um, of any generation that I know, actually. So, and my parents weren't really listening to a lot of music at home. We had a piano at home. I think my dad at some stage flirted with the idea of learning the piano, but dropped it. Um, so there wasn't a lot of music at home, you know. Um, my parents were listening to some kind of 60s Italian music, you know, which was pretty much mainstream popular music at the time. Like, I don't know if anyone will know about this stuff here. There's a great singer called Mina. You know, they had also this kind of swing music because, you know, after the American troops came, you know, in 45, they actually brought swing quite late compared to when it was in the States into Italy. And it was a huge influence. So there were all Italian swing bands, you know. So that music was being played a little bit when we were traveling in the car. But it was only until like I was a teenager that I started really picking up my own music and started listening to old stuff like The Doors or Queen, or things like that. Yes. They went through obvious a- influences in your music, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I went through a rock phase, I played guitar for a while, and then I got back into the piano, which was my first instrument, and started studying jazz then when I was pretty much uh, 17, 18 or something like that. Yeah. yeah, and then I ended up studying, leaving Italy and going to Holland to study. Yeah. 
So I did a BA and a master's in The Hague there and blah, 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 continue with all the other influences. And, and Rhiannon, what were you listening to? What did you grow up listening to? I mean, it was a bit of a, a, a hodgepodge. I mean, I would heard, you know, uh, popular music. I um, uh, heard a lot of contemporary country, but I heard gospel, black and white gospel, bluegrass, old country, um, old blues and jazz a bit with my grandparents. You know, I kind of heard a little bit of everything, but mostly commercial music. You know, I didn't mm. really hear uh, f- like um, roots music, stuff that the folk musicians were, the, you know, the 60s were getting their inspiration from. I heard them, you know, I would have heard Peter, Paul and Mary and um, and those guys, you know, so I didn't really get into the stuff that really inspired me to be, you know, to do what I'm doing now until I was in my 20s, you know, my, my mid-20s, really. Um, so, yeah, it was just a, a little bit of everything. So what was the music that inspired you to do what you're doing? What did you hear that sort of inspired you to? Well, I just I started hearing the, the you know, black string bands of the 20s. You know, um, hearing Joe Thompson, who was like the elder fiddler that I got to apprentice to. Um, you know, a lot of the early stuff in the, uh, you know, the early music that was recorded in the in the 20s was is really some amazing stuff in there. I mean, you could kind of stay there for a, a long time and <laughs> not miss anything, you know, uh, 20s, early 30s. You know, so hearing these kind of just rough and ready folks who just played for functions, they played for, you know, for parties, they played for whatever. They were musicians for hire going in and getting recorded. Um, there's a real... There's a real heart to that music and a real grit to that music that, you know, later popular music kind of doesn't have, you know, music that's written to be played on the radio, whereas this was capturing what was going on kind of in communities with live gigging musicians, you know, which has always always been something that's very attractive to me. And thus the Carolina chocolate drops, I guess, from there. Yeah, well, from Joe, that was a lot from Joe Thompson. We played a lot of his repertoire. He was the last black, tra- you know, traditional fiddler in the South. And uh, he is connected to a, a tradition that goes all the way back to slavery. I mean, we can, you know, we can trace him back to a, a, a player named uh, Frank Johnson, uh, who bought himself free out of slavery with his fiddle. And, you know, and so it's it, there's a lineage there that feels very, uh, I feel very honored to be a part of. What's the next step for both of you? Another album on the way? I mean, our problem is that there's just too many ideas. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> what 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 can't we? So there's a couple of on, albums know. that we're brewing, I guess. Yeah, we're just <laughs> we'll see when. trying to figure yeah. out. Yeah, but definitely new, another record, you know, uh, or two. Um, we're, you know, the ballet that we wrote music for and performed with, that's going to have a whole set of run uh, a run um, next year. So that's great to get back into that. And, I mean, there's there's plenty of stuff on the horizon for sure. I think I think right now we're just going to go home and, and uh, enjoy the... Un- the unusual uh, time at home. Yeah. So maybe write some music. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, know. we'll see. Silver, now, silver lining. You have to take it where you can. You recorded the song "Freedom Highway." It's the name of one of your albums. Did you catch up with Mavis in uh, Adelaide at all? No, because she was like three days separate from us. Uh-huh. But the the last the last time we were on we were in Australia at Blue Byron Bay. Um, she, we played right before her, and we had a great. You know, she heard she heard us do Freedom Highway, and we got a picture with her and, and stuff. So she's she's fabulous. She's an amazing person, she isn't is. she? Yeah, yeah. She's got and she's having quite a, a renaissance now. You know, just she's just playing yeah. everywhere. It's incredible. It's so I'm just. But you also sung with her thrilled. at Newport. Yeah, Newport I did. I did see her. That was the last uh, mm-hmm. I saw her was at Newport Folk Festival this past summer. Hey, and that was great. 
I better let you go. Thank you so much for dropping in. It's been an amazing week. We're looking forward to seeing you at the Recital Centre. Everybody's raving about your performances at Port Ferry and Waimadalai. Oh, that's good. So you're going to leave great memories behind and hopefully you will be back here soon at some stage. Yeah, I hope so. What song would you like to leave us with? I think you're going to sing He Will See You Through. Is that, do you want yeah, to, I mean, it, it seems apropos. It's, it's a... It's a song that we do at the end of the set and um, just kind of thinking about all the crazy stuff that's going on in the world right now. Uh, and there's really only one clear way forward um, with any kind of climate change, bushfires, the the uh, the virus is really, it's like simultaneously having faith in each other and in something bigger than all of us. So a song about that. When your path is full of worry, He will see you through. When you feel alone on your journey, He will see you
He will see you through a beautiful song performed by Rhiannon Giddens and Francesco Turizzi. And it was a delight to talk to them. I hope we see them back in Australia very soon. You've been listening to a Rhythms podcast presented by Brian Wise. Thanks very much for joining me. I'll talk to you soon.